Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Everybody, welcome in to Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number three hundred and fifty. Done three hundred and fifty episodes of this show, Matt. Absolutely insane. Uh, it's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios, and of course, guys. Before we get started with everything that we're going to talk about tonight, from the Sixers to the Phillies, and uh, a little bit of Eagles talk as well. Wouldn't be possible without our kick-ass sponsors who uh, allow us to bring you 350 episodes of this show and hopefully more. Uh, our friends at Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course our friends at Tomahawk Shades the best small batch eyewear in the game. You guys can go to TomahawkShades.com right now. Fill up your carts. Get the sunglasses, the blue light glasses, everything in between at TomahawkShades.com. And uh, when you go to check out, use our promo code USP and you get 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. That's TomahawkShades.com. Promo code USP and you get 25% off your entire order. And, uh, of course, the official vodka of Underground Sports Philadelphia, our friends at Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. It's seven times distilled, certified gluten-free. It's blended with electrolytes on that same spectrum of electrolytes found in that sports drink that starts with a G. And it's actively hydrating, making it the first actively hydrating vodka on the market. And uh, you guys can get your hands on some at statesidevodka.com and use our code USP at checkout. With the one-liter bottles of vodka in your cart, you get 10% off those bad boys at statesidevodka.com. you got to be 21 or older to purchase, and of course, please drink responsibly. And the official beer of the underground, Kenwood Beer. Go to kenwoodbeer.com. Use the Kenny tracker to see who has Kenwood on tap. And uh, crack open a nice cold Kenny while you're watching the Phillies, while you're anticipating Dame time coming to Philly. Or anything else in between, but you got to be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly. What's going on, man? I am living the dream. We uh, we got a lot to dive into, uh, but most notably, since the last time we uh, we had an episode, just making sure we're not lagging out on the old Twitch. Okay, there we go. Uh, the Phillies went streaking <laughs> for the. Longest time, uh, at least in our show's history, they have not gone on an eight-game winning streak, and Mother Nature decided to put a kibosh to it last night um, as the rain delay kicked in and did not allow the Phillies to get to nine games, but eight games in a row. They sweep the Nationals. They sweep the Mets. They got the Dodgers in town now. Um, I did not see them getting to that point. I don't know what has 
gotten into this team, but uh, a pretty impressive win streak, to say the least. When you meet the Mets, you know, and uh, <laughs> meet the new Mets, same as the old ones, because we talked all year. Listen, I will believe the Mets hype when I see it. I will believe that they are contenders when I'm watching them in an NLCS. <laughs> but this is what the Mets are good at, is falling apart. I think it's hilarious that despite our tremendous mismanagement, how dumb we've been, how non-ambitious we've been, uh, how arrogant we've been, frankly, we somehow are in f- first and with destiny in our control in August. Uh, both the Braves, the Nationals, and really the Mets as well uh, should be forced to be sold because the fact that the Phillies, with all the incompetence and negligence that they've had over the last, I don't know, ever, are sitting in the position that they are should be an absolute embarrassment. This, this should, this should You should not be letting the Phillies be sitting at, with a negative 16 run differential at the top of the division. Just shouldn't be happening. But here we are. Because the NL East is stupid. It's very <laughs> stupid. And uh, speaking of the NL East run differential, Matt, you can actually uh, play the NL East run differential game at our, our with our good friends at uh, Pickup. It is now on their website. You can predict who's going to win the, uh, the NL East run differential battle at playpickup.com. Um, which we'll get into our play pickup prop of the week later on in the show. But this team, I, I don't know if you saw the quote, Bryce Harper allegedly saying that, you know, Freddie Galvis got traded back to Philadelphia and he's automatically a leader in the clubhouse. And like, it's Bryce's clubhouse, but he's willing to step aside for Freddie to take uh, a little bit of a leadership role as well. Things you love to hear that you would not have expected, actually. Uh, who knew that Freddie Galvis was the missing piece? Uh, galvanizing, perhaps? <laughs> That's awful when you said that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think what's impressive, too, is that you swept two divisional rivals, which doesn't happen. You know, you go from uh, the Nats to the Mets. That's just not not something you typically expect within, mm-hmm. within your own division to, to go on a run like that. And it applies the pressure to both of the, uh, you know, the Braves and the Mets now because the Mets injury issues, of course, you know, it, we'd be remiss to at least not mention that. And but they do have one of the hardest on paper, you know, strength of schedules left in, in the entire you know sport right now. So it's an uphill climb for them. Is it over? No, because obviously they're what two games back. Uh, the Braves like that, are yeah. a game back. There's tons of baseball left still. There's there's plenty of time for anyone to, to win this because three weeks ago you would have said that the Phillies were out of it pretty much, that the only chance of winning the division and you know the winning the division seemed like an absolute long shot. I, I can remember us talking about the Phillies' playoff odds not that long ago, and I think they were sitting around 12%. Now it's at 54 Yeah, um, That's what happens when you go on, on a hot street like <laughs> that. You tend to, to really you know improve yourself and give yourself a better shot at things. So, listen... We just want the Phillies to be in the playoffs, right? Like yep. that's that's the biggest thing. We want progress, like tangible, like results-based progress, and they're at least putting themselves in the position to do that. My worry is that they they've done this for the last few years, where they've been in position. Even last season, all they had to do was win one more game. Win one more game, and they couldn't do it uh, on multiple tries, <laughs> multiple tries. So that's my worry: is this team has shown a capacity to fail in the past. And there's nothing that to me that says this team is that much different. And listen, I know that I said the praying mantis thing was like not <laughs> uh, that we've we've had a lot of those in the past. Maybe the praying mantis thing was a genuine change for us. But I think we are being brought back to earth again, though, in this Dodgers series. Dodgers are going to humble a lot of teams, but 
Um, I think it's a good reminder that even though the Phillies might win the division, and it's still a pretty big might, they're still very much outclassed when it comes to even just the National League, you know, when, when you're talking about other divisional leaders. I will say, Major League Baseball tweeted out their quote-unquote, if the playoffs started today graphic. The Phillies Love would play the part of that. They would play the Brewers in the NLDS. We all remember the last time the Phillies played the Brewers in the NLDS. Shane Victorino slapped grand a grand slam, slam off that. of CeCe Sabathia, and uh, it led to us playing the Dodgers, which could potentially was, happen. That was the Manny Ramirez Dodgers, too, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I will say there's a few <laughs> things different about <laughs> about the teams uh, all, all involved. The Dodgers have become uh, the monsters of yeah. baseball. Uh, you know, you're going to make against Max Scherzer last night. That was sick. <laughs> that was, Real fun. That was really, really cool. Nice wrinkle we had in there. Good to see him again. Um, David Price tonight. Yeah. Yeah, really cool stuff. Really cool stuff. Uh, must be nice to have an organization run as well as they are. Uh, it's kind of amazing when you think about what the Dodgers have been able to just do over the last you know, five, six years in terms of going out and paying, you know, big money both on free agent and paying with assets to, to get these superstars there it obviously finally paid off but the fact that they've been able to do that and still like promote young talent and still be able to go out and make like deals every single year and make signings every single years and not worry about the luxury tax not worry about that it, it, that certainly helps but you know again i think you you don't worry about paying the luxury tax when you know that your process yeah. is building you in the right direction and you have confidence in it um, and everyone's on the same page within your organization. I think the Phillies could maybe uh, take some notes. <laughs> you know, they're always saying like the summer league, like this has been a hot topic with the NBA since it's summer league. All the teams are there. They're, you know, trades can you know maybe get worked out or things like that. I wonder if like since like you know maybe like we could get the Dodgers front office like in like a clubhouse with us. You know, like one of those <laughs> suites, and they could kind of like you know mind meld a little bit over some like uh, some cheesesteaks or something. That would be really really helpful, I think. Yeah, I mean, since we've helped the Dodgers so much over the last uh, you know decade, since they've now acquired uh, every single member of the starting lineup from the 2008 Phillies, except for Pat Burrell and Ryan Howard in their history. Right. So you know. You know, we you scratch we scratch your back, you scratch ours. You know, that's, you're welcome for Cole Hamels. <laughs> you are very welcome for that. Could actually. not believe that the Phillies did not get Cole Hamels for one million dollars. Well, again, <laughs> see my last comment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the Phillies are in first place. They're fifty nine and fifty four. You love to see. <laughs> <laughs> you love to see that, and it's like they're playing postseason opponents of uh, future past because obviously they have the Dodgers. Uh, in town right now and then the Reds and our good friend uh, via his mom Nick Castellanos comes to town <laughs> and then they get the Diamondbacks who are the worst team in baseball then they go out to San Diego to play the Padres home against the Reds and then they get the Diamondbacks again uh, before they get the middling Nationals to finish the month of August and I mean if you can survive and go 500 against the Reds and Dodgers I think you're setting yourself up for a pretty successful stretch run in the for the rest of August. Yeah, I, I think it really comes down to September. You know, that like that's obviously like further out now, but that's that's where I think you're you're either winning or, or, or losing. I know it seems very obvious, but that's that's where I think, you know, you're making your hay or, or not. So yeah, the this the next few weeks are definitely gonna be important for setting that race up. Um Right now, I mean, again, though, it's in the Phillies' control. You have lots of interdivisional games. You have right now the, the Nats and Mets series, right? So 
you know, you have teams that will be taking games off of each other uh, over the next two weeks. We'll kind of get to see like who, you know, we want to favor in those matchups. Who's like more out of it that you want to steal some games off, off the other team. So that'll be exciting. It's exciting to be in this position again, because you really, again, you just didn't expect to be in this spot for the Phillies to have like an actual like divisional race because all of this season has felt pretty wayward except for like with those first six games yeah <laughs> it felt like wow the Phillies are going to do this again aren't they so I I'm just happy that they've had this bounce and, and turn around now and I think what's what's frustrating though is that this team had maybe been more aggressive at the deadline yeah it, imagine it, if this run maybe, happened before maybe you're in a better spot who knows right like th- that's that's the that's the one thing here and I think one other lesson that we've learned is Jesus Christ, Matt Moore. <laughs> Can we please and never he's expected see him to start on Saturday? I I just don't understand it. I I really don't understand it. And that's where um, the whole Cole Hamels thing comes into play. It's like you would have stayed under the luxury tax still spending a million dollars on Cole Hamels. Sure you were probably going to have to wait for him to ramp up and everything. Um but if we have to see Matt Moore uh, Mauricio Yovera or or any of these fringe guys, you already know that you're waving the white flag. If they sound like if, if the name just does not sound familiar to you at all, or if they sound like you know how like other countries have like uh like Christmas like people. Yeah, you know, like we like have Santa and like other pl- like Italy has what the the witch, like uh whatever. Yeah. Like it's if it sounds something like that, like it could be like some like themed like person or whatever. <laughs> like, it's probably the probably not the guy you want to be you know hanging the, the rest of your season on. Matt Moore has just been an abomination and trying to be too down on our own players, but that it's guy bad. that guy has truly been uh, a menace to the Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, before we started recording, Jim Salisbury tweeted out that uh, Kyle Gibson was scratched tonight. And it is uh, being dubbed a weather-related strategy because Aaron Nola obviously lost out on a miraculous start uh, on Tuesday night due to the weather. So they're putting Kyle Gibson into the bullpen with his water bottle, and he won't start tonight. It's going to be another bullpen game, which feels like a loss. (laughs) Throwing bullpen (laughs) games against the Dodgers was not the, the most ideal situation that I had in place for this team. Uh, it turns out God is a Mets fan. I don't know. <laughs> that or the Braves, because after we swept the Mets, the uh, the Mets fell into third place, and that's where they're currently residing in this godforsaken division. Um, but, I mean, like you said, it, it's fun to finally have, like, meaningful baseball this late in the season that feels like it could translate into, you know, some excitement in September. Plus, right now, if I'm not mistaken... The last time I checked, the Phillies have a top two MVP front runner in Bryce Harper, and they have the Cy Young favorite in the National League in Zach Wheeler. We all know the traditional big four sports, and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. 
Zach Wheeler, I, I think we, we also need to give a huge amount of credit to. We've talked about him all season long, but had the most fitting performance you could have asked a pitcher for on Doc Holiday night uh, against the Mets, who he, you know, talked pretty openly about how he'll always, ha- he'll always have a little bit of an edge against them uh, for, for not bringing him back and not paying him. And we said at the time, I think we've been on the right side of history with Zach Wheeler, that uh, especially what Steven uh, Strasburg signed his deal like a few days later. Yeah. And it was like double the price. Um, Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole his was deal. like triple. <laughs> like, and listen, like if you could get Zach Wheeler for that price, you would lock that in, you know, time and time again. Um, and he's proving he's definitely worth that contract. Might might be worth even a bigger one. But yeah, we're very fortunate to have him. I, it's crazy because the knock on him is that maybe he just isn't a very consistent pitcher that he mm-hmm. he'd never really done it over the course of like a full season. He'd had these like really awesome stretches, but he is, he's really not had a bad moment in a, in a Phillies uniform since he's arrived last year, obviously shortened season. So it's tough to say, but this season he's been fantastic. Again, if Jacob DeGrom doesn't exist, you know, you're, you're certainly talking about him being uh, the best pitcher in, in the league right now. But um, with DeGrom out, you know, He's the Cy Young favorite right now at a certain sports book that doesn't sponsor us, so no free ads. Uh, but he's at plus 160 odds. And the next guy behind him is Walker Bueller at plus 370. Speaking of, I, I saw another certain sports book is doing NFTs now. Yeah, I saw that um, too. I thought that craze was over. What the hell is that? <laughs> I come to you to throw away my money. Uh, I, I don't come here to buy NFTs of Tom Brady. I don't know how to tell you this. This is the you dumbest talk about thing throwing ever. away your money. Yeah, I mean, seriously, like, like, let me at least believe that I can get money back on, on whatever I'm throwing my money at. I just, stupid. That was like, I saw something, it was, uh, like, you know how Daryl Morey had his profile pictures, like that monkey picture, or whatever right. it was? So, I saw somebody was like, bought this for, you know, 25 Ethereum, and sold it three years later for like 250 million Ethereum. And I was like, cool, I just saved the picture. I was like, got it for zero. <laughs> Like what are we doing? Uh, the Mets beat the Nationals, by the way, in their double header. Okay. So it's they have another game that should be starting like now. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. But we are we are officially on division watch. Yeah, we are. We're in. no longer just going straight to the uh, the run differential column. We <laughs> we are in uh, banner watch for uh, the NL East title, which is finally some excitement around this team. Um, but I mean. Now the Braves are, are still in it because they traded for 50,000 outfielders, so they just have guys that can hit. And the fact that it's probably going to be a three-team race unless the Mets continue to just decompose because their schedule coming up over the next two weeks is absolutely bananas. So they have the Nationals uh, tonight and tomorrow, but then they have three against the Dodgers, then they go out west to have three against the Giants, and then four more against the Dodgers, and then they come back home. To get three more against the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. <laughs> it's so when great. I tell you, man, they, they get... Uh, it's been an ungodly hot lately. But I tell you, last week we had those like that 178 degree day. And the Mets are like, oh, falls here. Time to collapse. It's over. The cicadas have buried themselves the back underground. I tell you, it's been awful quiet. I haven't heard the cicadas lately. Yeah, it's weird, weird. Um, it's interesting because we've had uh, we had a rough first half of the season. I mean, that is that's a brutal stretch. <laughs> I 
I'm not gonna say I don't wish it on them because I absolutely do, but man, <laughs> I would hate for the Phillies to have a run like that. I'll that say is that. literally the uh, showed up to my worst enemy's funeral. Oh yeah, picture. Uh, 100%. <laughs> the uh, the series against the Mets, though, I have continued to just realize how much of a dork Brandon Nimmo is. Yeah, he drives me absolutely insane. He he is such a a loser type player. Uh, I think somebody needs to make him do the Bart Simpson treatment and write the definition of walk sixty thousand times because whenever he got walked. He would just he just sprints to first base like he's like Usain Bolt trying to uh, win the hundred meter dash in the Olympics, but when he's in the outfield, he can't track a ball to save his life. Yeah, it's like the weird kid in gym class who has to like, who like really like gets himself like energized for like <laughs> tennis that day, and it's like brother, like you need to relax. It's not it's, that serious. It's eight a.m. Like <laughs> you don't need to be do like those uh you know those like running like uh, jumps that like football players do that like run in yes. place and like bring their knees up to like their shoulders like. Man, like you do not need to be doing this. He's doing right like now. the pacer test. Yeah, <laughs> to like, get to first base when it's a free pass. It's it's a little excessive, that's for sure. There's really no likable Met actually. So no, I can't think of a single one. I also came to the conclusion Pete Alonso looks like a snitch from Dr. Seuss. He does. I you know the Mets. Listen, I have a lot of respect for uh, a lot of the divisional rivals we have. I, you know the the Braves. It's always a slugfest in that series. Mm-hmm. The Nationals. Listen. Actually, no, I don't have any respect for the Nationals. The ones I respect for, because you know what? It's hard to commit to the bit for as long as they have. And they at least have two World Series. Yeah. Like, you know what? Good for them. Um, The Mets are hilarious to me, though, because they're consistently bad. And what's great about them is they're not just like Marlins bad, where it's like they constantly suck. Like, they're always, always, always being sold on hope. Like, they're always being sold on this, like, dream, and they'll never be there. There's literally no path to the Mets ever even being the first-rate team in New mm-hmm. York. Like, they're just ne- they're never going to reach that spot. And even in the tri-state area, because yeah. the Phillies at their biggest are bigger than the Mets. Totally. Like, it's just, it's awful. And, you know, and, and even then, if you go, like, more north, the Red Sox, it's crazy there. Too. Like, you were just... You were just the worst in like the most densely populated area. Not you know that's L. That's not L. A. Like it's just it's it's got to be really really difficult to take. There's a real inferiority com- complex with like Mets and Mets fans, um, and I just feel bad for them because you know what? A lot of times you don't choose to be a Mets fan. You just you just make that choice when you're like a kid or your 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 dad's a Mets fan, your mom's a Mets fan, like encourages you, and you just have this lifetime of pain and suffering and regret. And sadness, and you know what? There's just nothing I can do for you. Yeah, the uh, the tears that were shed at Citizens Bank Park this weekend by Mets fans too was just. I loved it. I loved so being beautiful. on crowd watch. Just the dejected faces, oh. the sadness, the the shoulders slumped over, people falling asleep because yes. it's easier just to sleep rather than cry. It's wonderful. It it's wonderful like, to have it back. Like the Mets collapsing is just like. You know, people go to upstate New York to see the leaves changing, but for us, it's all about just when When do they start throwing in the towel yep. and start planning uh, their, their trip to Florida in October? They were, uh, they were like, sweep. I thought you said sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I then, think they were doing uh, Fortnite tournaments in the, oh, yeah. in the clubhouse. I think Easily. that's what was happening. And then Edwin Diaz pointing up, like, 
Oh, my the God. home run was a pop-up was just golden. You love to see it. <laughs> that's been the Mets really the last month and a half. It's been yeah. like trying to play it off. It's like, oh, that's a pop-up. It's like, oh, no, that's a home run. Okay. <laughs> it's clearly like that ball was destroyed. Oh, my God. They're collapsing in such... such. It's not even funny because it's just like this is just what the Mets do. Yeah. Like any other team, this would be like, wow, I cannot believe the collapse that this team is on. But it's just like it's the Mets, so it's expected. It feels very 07 right now. I'll say I have 2007ish vibes. Yeah. With how everything's unfolding and how the Phillies are playing right now, like they went and got a Kyle Gibson who kind of feels like a Joe Blanton, which they did in 08, but you know it feels like that one kind of like bigger move than the past couple of years. And then obviously you beat the Mets to move into first place, so that's obviously gonna you know play out the same way 2007 did. But it feels like a momentum shift has happened in the division for the Phillies and even even the Braves right now feels like a a momentum shift has happened ahead of the Mets so I I definitely have some weird 2007 vibes going on the this this series over the weekend definitely felt like a playoff series Mm -hmm. like it had the all the stakes that you want like they had the Mets bus come down and like it felt very playoffs and I I think again the fact that you, you get to sweep out that series you can't overstate enough what that does for obviously like the the raw numbers of it for what it does for your your division you know hopes but I think just mentality too what that what that does for your team is is absolutely massive. Yeah, I mean it couldn't have happened any better over, over alumni weekend. With right. Where we've continuously, by the way, disappointed our alumni. Like there's yeah. been many years they now never where, win that series where alumni weekend has been uh, not just bad but unwatchable. Yeah. So, and uh, they went out and did it every single game and you know the holiday whoever whoever puts on the the blueprint for the ceremonies that the phillies do they deserve one a job for life mm-hmm. two throw every ounce of money that you have at them because the the phillies put on you know retirement ceremonies uh the wall of fame ceremony like no other yeah definitely we we went to uh we were at jimmy rollins mm-hmm. night uh, which was fantastic. Like we've been lucky to be at a few of those types of nights. So, um, seeing the holiday one was especially, obviously, you know, it has an extra level of emotion because he can't uh, physically be there. But you know what he meant to this team, and you know the fact that he's one of the best pitchers I've ever seen in my lifetime, and especially that he was in a, a, a Phillies uniform. Um, you know, it, it'll he'll always have like a very special place, I think, in, in a lot of people's minds. And I think again too when he saw. Zach Wheeler had the performance that he did. That kind of just, like, it was just very fitting. It was a very fitting night overall from, like you said, from the uh, the actual, like, occasion, the actual planning of the uh, the induction itself to the game itself. It was, um, from, from beginning to finish, just really, really wonderfully done. First Phillies pitcher to retire 22 batters straight since May 29th, 2010, which was... Holiday's perfect game against the Marlins. You love to see you it. You love to see it. God, Zach Wheeler, what a guy. Ugh. We just clone him. Just right. that out. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's exciting the way that the Phillies are playing right now. Like it, it feels like a team that you can like slowly start to like buy into. Like they feel like they're playing for each other. It's not like an individual, you know, type of team right now, which is very exciting. And they're getting guys back. Yeah. You like know? McCutcheon's back tonight. Obviously, should be back soon. Reese goes on the the IL retroactive to Friday, I think. So he should be back for that Diamondback series. Um, but I mean, if they can get healthy 
and kind of just go on a run with this schedule that they have on paper, they should be able to hopefully run away with this division. Again, the whole podcast hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hopefully, Let's is check the key ourselves word. out and remember that this is the Phillies. Yes. And that they have, again, been, been very prone to letting us down over the years. So. And for what it's worth, the Braves, equivalent to the Mets, you know, they have a stretch run starting Monday, August 23rd. They play the Yankees, who are red hot uh, for two. Then they play the Giants. They play the Dodgers. Uh, then they go out to Colorado, which. Of course, let's send the the best hitting team in the division out to Colorado. That's exactly what they need. Um, They get the Giants again in September. They have a series against the Padres. And, I mean, that series against the Braves in late September could determine the division. And, of course, it's at the House of Horrors that is the Atlanta Braves home stadium. Well, let's let's hope this time and we go there and win. Uh, The fans don't savage their own field like the absolute animals that they are in Atlanta. Uh, Is that good enough? Is that... Is that how people talk about Philly sports? Is that good? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Remember that? Remember when they threw yep. bottles on the field and garbage? Losers. they lost a game in like April. Bunch of losers. <laughs> <A> disgusting, <laughs> disgusting place Atlanta is. Uh, the Olympics have come and gone. Team USA basketball wins the gold medal, uh, both men and women's basketball. And one, very nice that we're going to have a gold medal coming home to Philadelphia via Kevin Durant. Uh, part owner of the Philadelphia Very Union. True. Sorry, Brooklyn. The gold medal is going to look great next to the supporter shield. Um, but the the craze photo of bronze medalist Batiste Thibel with hopeful future Sixer Dame Lillard being the only picture that Dame took with a non-Team USA player that he had not played with uh, and he, Dame Willard posts it on his Instagram with the caption, that's all, folks. And obviously this is in a sequence of pictures that he posted. But uh, And on that same day, Joel Embiid on Twitter, who he's been picky and choosy with when he's tweeted, quote tweeted the Sixers tweet about Matisse's stats in the Olympics, all caps, with the word elite. Uh, JT Riomoto exits early. Fantastic. Took a foul tip off the mess. So hopefully nothing uh, too serious. Sorry. Um, But I don't know if Dame is pandering. Well, did did you see Damian Lillard's uh, Instagram post today? I don't think I did. Well, it's a doozy. Uh, It's certainly cryptic. I'll say that. Um, Sorry, I'm just pulling this up here. Dame, why do you got to be releasing songs in the office? So, Damian Lillard's post, it, it's very Facebook meme Sometimes, you just have to play the role of a fool to fool the fool who thinks they are fooling you. You tell me what that means. No, actually, tell me what that means, because I don't, I'm not really sure what that means exactly. I don't, <laughs> I'm not... With the caption, chestnut checkers. <laughs> Uh, a lot of a uh, lot of hundred emojis in the comments on God, 
Uh, ben Macklemore says, the long game. <laughs> Mark Lamont Hill. We say that in Philly all the time, King. I'll tell you about it when you get here. <laughs> I did see somebody quote tweet this. Because I wasn't sure if this was real or not. Because it is so Facebook meme that like it, it could have been faked. Uh, but I did see somebody quote tweet it and say, I know a place where fools are welcome. <laughs> it's true. I mean, listen, you can you can be whatever you'd like in Philly. I think what's interesting, and there's been... There's not a lot to, like... There's not a lot to go on right now. And I think mm-hmm. part of that is because Damien was away with uh, the Olympic team. So, obviously, like a lot of that is like, going to get settled until he gets home. So, Zach Lowe was, was talking about how... It's really between, you know, should Damian Lillard be on his way out? It's between the Knicks and the Sixers. And I think the Sixers have the better deal. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting as well is is the Knicks really don't have the big piece that they can send because Julius Randle can't be traded until December now because he just resigned that deal. You have to wait six months yeah. to be able to, to trade a, a contract that was so recently signed. And the Sixers have the more enticing pieces to give up. I think what's interesting is that it probably wouldn't necessarily be Ben directly to Portland. You know, this could be a three-team deal. And this is all speculation. But the fact that you have, like, big, big like, national guys, like, talking about this. Mm-hmm. That it's not just, like, some rando dude on Twitter that's like, oh, yeah, like, we're in for day. Like, there's, listen, the story with the NBA over the last six or seven years, where there's smoke, there's fire. Like, that's the most true, like, yeah. cliche about the NBA there is now. Because... You hear about these guys, and the, and from the moment they say it, there's constant denial about, oh, he'll never leave. He loves it here. Whatever, whatever, whatever. He said this in the past. Yep. Why would he leave? Where's he going to go? And it's it's constant denial about, about this situation and about whether or not they actually want to leave or not. And in the end, these guys always leave. That's just the way it's gone. Mm-hmm. Now, Damian Lillard could certainly be the exception. He doesn't have to leave right now. He might not even leave this season. Might even be a next offseason thing. But... I think there's just been way too much smoke about this situation for there not to be at least some truth to it. So, I don't know. He's had, obviously, the cryptic social media posts now. We'll see. He's He's been a guy that's spoken a lot about wanting to stay in Portland, but, you know, if he feels that they haven't improved the roster enough and he wants out, then the, the Sixers are the most primed team to go get him. And I, I think what's interesting, though, from the Sixers' perspective is where where is their mind with Ben Simmons right now? And because we we also heard very conflicting things about Ben Simmons and his uh, communication with the Sixers uh, organization with Embiid. Apparently, he's not returning Embiid's calls. They haven't talked. Um, you know, you had some people saying that they haven't talked since Ben. You know, since the offseason. That is like a very weird, like almost official proclamation that no we talked to ben on his birthday uh which we joked might have just been a happy birthday wish yeah um so i I think there's there's a lot there and i i just wonder you know again we keep getting reports about how that relationship is just beyond repair and and just is is not gonna be fixable and it's not even just between the front office and ben there's apparently issues between him and doc as well Mm -hmm. i just i have to wonder at what point you know, is it just over? And and how do you have him back for like training camp? How do you have him back for like early practices and 
kind of cope with that if, if the relationship is as bad as we're hearing that's that's going to be the interesting thing for the Sixers now is can you even really wait until you know into the season can you wait until the trade deadline if it takes that long or even next offseason you know like what what is your timetable as well um and how long you're willing to wait on on a deal like this if you if you're the Sixers front office well Matt I think that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard <laughs> thanks Chris <laughs> um and I feel like I, I, I've i been granted the opportunity to sling it a little bit more because, unfortunately, over the uh, the past week or so, Daryl Morey unfollowed me on Twitter. Oh. I got the unfollow, so I guess I wasn't uh, tweeting enough about, yikes, you know, the good things. But, I mean, we've we've all been on Dame Watch, and I, I don't think you can wait until the season gets Maybe here. he was trying to unfollow Ben Simmons. Uh, he typed he in saw ben. The ben. Yeah, just went, went for the quick fingers. Just let me know what I got to do to get the <laughs> the refollow back, Daryl. Um, but you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt whenever Kendrick Perkins says anything. But a he was on grain of salt, a bottle of salt, even. He was on one of the summer league broadcasts and said that he has heard Ben Simmons is going to refuse to show up to training camp. Take that for what you will, because it is Kendrick Perkins, but. That's kind of the first we've heard of that. Yeah, I, I just can't believe that Ben has the gall to stomp his feet and act like he gets to have a list of places. Yeah. Uh, you're not Nick Foles. You right. don't get to, like, have your, like, farewell tour and, like, hey, we're going to accommodate you and, like, you know. You're not even Carson Wentz. You're in the twilight of your career and, you know, we're going to get you where you want to be. You know, we'll, we'll take a worse deal for you. Like, no, like, we're going to maximize your value and you'll, like, you'll end up where you end up. Um you don't have a no trade clause, so sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's been the frustrating thing too. Is is apparent, and, and you know it's all alleged, right? But his alleged attitude about this has also been uh, souring, and I just can't believe we're seeing the Ben Simmons uh, freaking workout videos again. Uh. I can't believe we're seeing this, seeing this guy shoot an empty gym with Rondo and convincing ourselves that he's back. And that, you know, oh, it's going to be better now. And people are like, oh, I'm back in. It's like, no, why? why? <laughs> you, you are a fool. And um, let me show you a bridge in Brooklyn. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't think you can wait because I feel like the longer you wait, you give more teams an opportunity to like kind of scheme and, and think of a way to go and pluck Dame from Portland. And, you know, Chauncey Billups comes out today and says he's not worried about his team shooting three pointers. Well, Chauncey, we have the perfect player for you. If you're not worried about your team shooting three pointers, listen. If if that's what he's uh, if that's his true feeling, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we've got plenty of guys that could that could fit that mold for you. It is uh, I mean, three team deal. It it seems to be circling back always to being Portland, the Sixers, and then the Warriors because of just movable parts that each team has, and then Portland would just get like the sum of you know, all the young talent from both of those teams. And then, uh, you know, Ben Simmons ends up at one of those places and you figure it out from there. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to end up being a a simple seamless, like Portland and and Philadelphia, you know, trade. Yeah. I I think again, you know, Portland, if they trade Dame, I don't know that Ben getting directly back for that is suitable for them simply because, They'd probably be looking more towards a rebuild rather than trying to you know, stay as like especially in the west it's, it's a little more difficult um to just be a playoff team there 
and it would depend a lot on what that third team is. And listen, the, the Warriors just happened to get two, you know, lottery picks. Um, you know, that, that <laughs> can certainly be of, of interest. And, you know, the future assets, we have future assets we can offer as well. Uh, cupboard is like relatively full. So I, I think that's going to be an interesting thing. But it's it's all still early and there's nothing, there's nothing concrete yet there's no mm-hmm. there's no like definitive anything it's all still speculation and it's all if this happens or should this happen the kind of thing the only thing we definitely know is that there's some kind of rift between ben simmons and either the sixers organization as a whole or just a few pieces of that organization whatever we we do know that there's some friction between them there's been way too much reporting on that for that to just not be true at all yeah and and what we know about ben as well i think that's that's a fair conclusion to reach so that'll bring us to uh, our play pickup prop of the week. You guys can go to playpickup.com, play all the props. You guys can play our uh, checking out the NL East run differential prop, you know, who you think's going to end up with the best uh, run differential by the end of the season. Uh, will the Sixers, you know, trade Ben Simmons? Will uh, the Phillies make it to the playoffs this year? You can do all of that at playpickup.com. Play the props. It's free to play. Anybody can play. Uh, and you have a chance to win some pretty awesome prizes as well. So go to playpickup.com and check out all the props that they have to play uh, from our friends at Pickup. Do the Sixers end up with Dame Lillard? That's the the question now with this team. Is does Damian Lillard, you know, with him being as cryptic as he has been, with all the posts, with just the coincidental timing of Embiid's tweet of him posting the picture with Matisse Thibel, do they end up with Dame Lillard? Right now, I lean no, simply because I don't know that, like, Dame is going to go, like, nuclear and, like, actually, like, request a trade. And, like, I, I just don't know that he's going to do that. And it's still, like, very, very uncertain. So, in my mind, I, I lean no simply because there's there's nothing to it yet. It's all speculation, and it's all driven, I think, by, again, national guys that typically are well-sourced. Mm-hmm. It's not like this is coming from nowhere. Like, there's certainly smoke to this situation, but we have no clear indication right now that Dame actually wants out legitimately or that he's at least willing, not willing to at least give it another sh- shot. That he's right. not willing to go either into this season or even you know try and, and maybe see what happens next uh, off season. So right now it's it's no simply for that reason because I, I don't know that he actually moves in a timetable that's good for the Sixers. And again, the Ben Simmons component here can't be understated for the Sixers because I don't know like how do you how do you bring Ben back into the situation and and reintroduce him to the team. When apparently the, the relationships are as strained as they are, I, I just don't know how you work through that. And I don't know if you're really able to wait until the trade deadline this year or offseason next year. So right now I lean no. Uh, my heart wants it to happen, but I the brain says I, I think it's it's more unlikely than not at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think you can wait like for a Harden type situation to happen. Right. Like you can't wait for Dame to publicly like blow up um, which he very well could because yeah. Harden, Harden at this point last year was a Houston Rocket and loving yeah. it. You know, like it, it, that's that's the thing too is like situations can change very very quickly in the NBA. And again, we've seen it so many times before where where stars these things kind of trickle out sometimes, and all of a sudden like it feels very sudden, but it's actually been like over the course of months you've heard. This is not the first we've ever heard of Dame potentially like 
being split up or anything like that. Like it's it's not the first rumor that's been out there, but I just I don't know that it's gonna happen in in a like timetable that's good for the Sixers. And they have no way of like forcing anyone's hand either. You know, again, the Sixers don't have a ton of leverage in this situation. Like Ben's a good player, but it's not like you're dangling like mm-hmm. You know, some like awesome, awesome piece here. You have some like really fantastic draft capital to add into the mix. Like you probably will have to find a third team as well. I think there's just there's more working against the Sixers on this than for them. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how it all just plays out and who is involved with everything and if it even happens. Um one thing that did happen though, we got more green lights. Green room. Well, so I, I just wanted to mention this. Kyle Newbeck reporting that the relationship between Simmons and, and Doc Rivers uh, suffered significant damage that some believe is uh, irreparable. So. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. Kyle Newbeck's a guy that is, we trust. Is, Kyle Newbeck is well sourced. Is you know again uh, a very smart guy that would I would not just make things up. But um, it, it reminds me so much of the Went situation. You, yeah. you brought Wentz up, and it really is very similar. Where this guy just kind of loses his way, and there's mystery rift behind the scenes it's not as uh it's not as similar to some of the other stuff within the eagle situation but there's definitely similarities here between uh that situation and, and the Wentz the Wentz one and Kyle Newbeck's a guy that like if you are a Sixers fan you are trusting Kyle Newbeck 110 percent like he has his finger on the pulse more so than probably any Philly media member so anything Kyle Newbeck's putting out there like you should trust it, you know, wholeheartedly because Kyle's doing uh, incredible work for Philly Voice. So make sure you guys are following Kyle Newbeck as well because he's one of our guys that uh, we go to for Sixers news. So uh, Danny Green's back, though, in a somewhat surprising move. Right. A good deal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I <laughs> I didn't really expect to see him back, to be honest, and I'm happy to have him back because I think he's a fantastic player. Um yeah, <laughs> I I'm I was genuinely shocked to see him back uh, for two years at the price that he is. It, it's great to have him back. Um, you know, he he would have been a very difficult player to replace. And I think again, when you consider that we don't really have someone of his ability uh, anywhere on the roster, and that he could be, you know, seems to be a very good veteran presence and a good player. Seems that Ben's back, which could be important, I guess, if we actually are keeping Ben. Um, yeah, I wish you had a little better uh, uh, view of that situation. 
wish you saw it from the fans perspective a little bit more but in all seriousness happy to have uh Danny Green back because I think he's he's a good player and I think he's uh, the type of player that you want on a championship uh, contending roster which is what the Sixers are aiming for by the way we shouldn't forget <laughs> and uh also if if I ever need news broken about me Matt I I'd want you to break the news just like Danny Green's co-host of his podcast broke the news that he was coming back to because like two days before that it was reported that it was like the Celtics uh, the Lakers, you know, just random big name teams, not including the Sixers. And then all of a sudden, boom, Sixers slide in two years, 20 million, which one, like you said, it's a very good contract. It's a movable contract. Right. And in a sense, it's like a weird depth move too, because now you don't have to really thrust Matisse Thibel into that role right away. He can still come off the bench. And, you know, I think the eventual hope is that Matisse plays so well that, he comes in and, and takes over for Danny, and then Danny Green becomes a, a valuable trade chip to a, another team that needs that veteran presence. Yeah, I mean, are we buying like Matisse Thybul stock too? Because I think we should be. Uh, totally. He just had a fantastic Olympic, you know, run. <laughs> I mean, we uh, were in from the jump, right? But you know, I, I think on on the whole, I Matisse think coin. Matisse, <laughs> man, we really should have made that. Um, <laughs> probably could have got a deal with the NBA on that. Like, uh, like the MLB's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dogecoin thing they have going <laughs> scam coin welcome to scam coin so thibel had a great olympics he's like beloved in australia apparently oh, yeah. like he is just like just people love him and i don't i certainly see why and i'm uh i'm excited to to see you know again i i think it's it's a good comparison between him and danny green because obviously he doesn't have the shooting that danny green has pretty much had from day one in the league but the defensive ability is is fantastic when you consider especially how efficient he's been with his like minutes mm-hmm. the, the 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 wrecking potential that he has if he can add just some layer of, of real offensive threat to his game what a huge huge like have that would be on, on your roster with with Matisse so yeah Danny Green I think is a, is a good mentor for him in that way in terms of that's the type of player that you'd, you'd like him to grow into especially offensively so but Matisse is, is really really special and I'm glad to have him on this team and you know, he certainly also has improved his value if there are other teams looking at him. Because, let's face it, you know, should you, again, find yourself in a position trading for a superstar, you have to be willing to, to give up on uh, on some promising players as well. I think if, of all the young players that are on this roster right now, from, you know, Jaden Springer, obviously you can't trade him for 30 days because he signed his contract, but you have Jaden Springer, Shake Milton, Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thibel, it might just be a tweet, and it might be reading too deep into it, but, like, if Joel Embiid is openly tweeting about a guy, if I'm the Sixers, I'm making sure I'm holding on to that player to make sure Embiid is at his peak happiness. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, you have to, at some point, uh, bow down to your star a little bit, and you find guys that they, they like. And you love Korkman's off that list, too, by the way. They, yeah. <laughs> uh, the back. Turkish delight. Um very good contract for him too. Right. So I, I um I, I think Matisse is, is well liked, you know, especially you consider his personality, you know, everything that we, we see from him. Seems just like a, a good guy to have uh, around the locker room and um again, defensively fantastic. If he can if he can improve this year, take some kind of uh you know, jump offensively, you're talking about a very, very, very valuable player to have on your roster. And I think he's capable of that. I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's an impo- You know, completely impossible proposition that he could improve from three point shooting. 
Matt, I, I have a hypothetical for you that we might also put up on Pickup's website. Um, who would win in a best of seven? The 96 Chicago Bulls or the 2021 Summer League Sixers? Uh, I think the Bulls got him in seven, but uh, it's they not can easy sneak to say. one on the road. Yeah. The Summer League Sixers might be the best Summer League team ever assembled because they're absolutely playing out of their minds. And I think it helps, obviously, that you had a bunch of these guys on the team this year uh, contributing, you know, valuable minutes throughout the season. And Tyrese Maxey has just become, like, a vocal leader out of the blue almost. And I'm thoroughly enjoying every moment we have of Tyrese Maxey, whether it's, you know, for the rest of this season, for the foreseeable future. I'm enjoying every moment of Tyrese Max. Yeah, especially like this quote about uh, maybe you should just shoot the ball. Yes. <laughs> Not his exact verbiage, but, uh, you know, I think there are some guys in the roster that could that could use that message. They could definitely receive that in, with open arms. Uh, Max is great. Love, love having him, like you said. And we saw what he was able to do in moments in the playoffs, which was very special for a player his age. And we're very lucky to have ended up with him. And we'll see. You know, like, listen, again, people want to get, you know, fire up the train for Dame. That means missing out on guys like this, too. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just about Ben. You know, you, you're probably moving one of, if not both, of Maxine Thibel in that equation. So um, it doesn't come without cost, that's for sure. But Maxie's future is bright, and I, I, I hope that in in some way it's with the, with the Sixers, that future. Um, and, again, the, the flashes that he's shown, the ability to – take over and control the game it's amazing that we've not drafted a guard that can do like the three phases of offense dribble pass and shoot um in like forever <laughs> and that and that we just happen to get it now with maxi and and have a guy that you know at least you can have uh building towards the future a little bit he's not a guy you build around obviously but he's, he's certainly a good complementary piece as you move forward now and that's that's really really good to have uh, for where the sixers are yeah, I mean, even even guys who didn't necessarily play, like, meaningful... Like, Paul Reed is playing incredible. And, sure, he played in the G League. Uh, you know, bubble and everything was the G League MVP in the bubble. But, like, he looks like he's taking a step forward. And this roster is just loaded with talent, and it's a Summer League roster. Like, you look at this at this Summer League roster, and it's almost like assembling, like depth across the board for any NBA roster would be like salivating to have just like two of these guys and the Sixers somehow ended up with an entire roster full of them yeah and I mean they again you know we we've done well now in the past few years at finding talent in in the late first and now you know looking like the second round we've been able to find some guys that are at least contending that are at least pushing the envelope a little bit if you can have, you know, a guy that's maybe 16th, 17th on your roster pushing those late spots, you know, competition is good, I think, for, for especially like spots 12 through 15 on your roster, simply because those are guys that are, are really only important for the regular season. You're not, you shouldn't be dipping that deep in, into any kind of playoff rotation unless you're getting blown out or blowing someone out. Um, so, you know, it's all about just like breeding those, those good competitions, those that really 
just strong end of the bench and strong for as, as strong as the end of the bench can be. You're obviously not going to have all stars there, but I do think that it's important that the Sixers continue to develop players like they, they have been. And you mentioned Paul Reed. That's definitely a guy you could imagine getting more time this year. I think with COVID and everything, with having to kind of lock like a G League roster in last year, like you had to do, like, I, I wonder if, you know, maybe we see a little more flexibility this year with all that. And, and hopefully the situation you know, lends itself to, to being able to transition a bit better because I would love to see Paul Reed get more time uh, with the Sixers. And I think he's deserving of it. And I think right now there's an opening on the roster for that, at least, you know, like there's, there's an opening to be like that third guy, uh, that third big man on, on this roster. And, and, you know, again, it's not a, a glorious position. You're not going to like be winning like hearts and minds over necessarily, but you know, you could get seven, eight minutes, you know, here and there. And that's, that's huge. You know, that's a huge impression to make. Uh, we're big Stranger Things fans. The the new trailer dropped with the tease of 2022, and I'm starting to think that the cast of Stranger Things are just giant Phillies fans. Joe Keery threw out the first pitch tonight before the rain delay. You love to see it. Uh, Shout out to rain delays. Yeah. Absolute worst. Rain is just uh, enjoying itself in South Philadelphia. But uh, one last thing before we end, got to give a big shout out to uh, Underground Sports Philadelphia alum, Alex McIntyre. Landed a job with Major League Baseball. She's going to be photographing uh, all Phillies home games. First uh, game, I believe, is August 24th. So, big congrats to Al. That's what it's all about. You know, we want to see people who, you know, outside of our original four, me, you, Dom, and Dylan, uh, come in. We kind of just create, like, this giant platform and give you opportunities. Like, Brooke went to NBCS Philly for a while now alex with major league baseball it's awesome super excited for alex um can't wait to see everything that she does with the mlb um but uh yeah rain delays absolutely suck and they the rain needs to go away especially before alex's first game at cbp any final thoughts matt (sighs) nothing working in this brain of mine me either it's been a, a wild week uh make sure you guys are following us on social media at underground PHI to keep up with everything going on in the Philly sports world on Twitter and Instagram. Eagles enemies is back for season four. That is out. Now you can check out the first episode of season four with myself and the man, the myth, the legend, Wesley Euler. We talk Eagles Steelers preseason matchup Eagles playing tomorrow night, Thursday night. We got preseason football back. Harold Carmichael officially inducted into the hall of fame uh and your best balls <laughs> starting to kick off soon listen listen i've been holding off on the drafts because i realized i was burning through it quite a bit <laughs> and the injuries are picking up every day so yeah. I'm like you know you gotta even if they're for nothing no money in, in, at the stake gotta gotta cool it a little bit so i haven't done i've been like jittery i've been like <laughs> checking the lobby and it's been good because the lobby's been low enough i'm like all right it's not worth it i don't have the time to like queue up and wait so but yeah, the best ball, the best ball man will return. That's for sure. It will be back. Uh, congratulations to Harold Carmichael getting officially inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Rightfully deserved. Took way too long. Um, but yeah, we got Eagles football. Eagles enemies is out now. It's back for season four, and uh, you guys can check that out before each and every Eagles game. It'll be up on the podcast feed, which you guys should be subscribed to. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you leave a five-star rating and review on Apple uh, to help boost our numbers up because uh, the more people that find it, the more people we can build with this underground community. 
And you can check out all of our written content at undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. And a uh, big thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And, of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades, Stateside Vodka, and Kenwood Beer. Go to TomahawkShades.com. Use our code USP to get 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. You get 10% off the one-liter bottles of vodka at StatesideVodka.com with code USP. You got to be 21 or older to purchase. Of course, please drink responsibly. And Kenwood Beer, the official beer of the underground. Go to KenwoodBeer.com. Check out the Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood on tap so you can crack open an ice-cold Kenny. And you got to be 21 or older to do so. And please drink responsibly. This has been episode number 350 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. We are signing off. Peace.